1: UVA okay. football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow-tie-wearing, brie cheese NASCAR-wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back everyone to the guys and Dice podcast. This is Dustin. I'm here with Rob and we are here to review the win against Richmond this past weekend for Virginia football and we are previewing the game for next week against Illinois. That'll be uh, in Illinois. Also UVA football. I've got Rob with me today. Rob, how you doing? How has your Labor Day weekend been going?
0: It's been great, man. Uh, You know, watched a lot of football on Saturday, hung out at the pool on Sunday. So a lot of time to kind of digest the UVA game, what's happening in the college football world. And uh, yeah, excited to chop it up, break down the Richmond game.
1: Rob, your, your new team, the Tar Heels, had a really good game against App State. Were you able to watch any of that? Oh yeah, that game was wild. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that one? Or I guess I you were s- at the game, yeah. I was at the game, but I got home in time and I was able to see some highlights. So it was say I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. Just the back and forth. And then scoring zero points in the third quarter, like we did, except instead of scoring just six points after that, they scored 40 <laughs> and almost won. So really, really great game. But we are here to talk UVA. So let's go ahead. We'll jump right into it. And Virginia beats Richmond 34-17 in Scott Stadium. The announced crowd was, I think, 41,000, something like that.
0: Yeah, 41,122.
1: Yeah, not, not great, I guess. But, you know, for a team against Richmond, it was also super hot that day. I just, you know, it's tough to get people out there when there's not a lot to cheer for, Uh, especially, you know, although I'm a little surprised, you know, I always feel like a new coach, new staff, it gets people excited. And I, I thought maybe there'd be a few more thousand people in Charlottesville this weekend.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's an interesting dynamic because, I mean, I'm all about the Tony Elliott hire, but, you know, a lot of people did want Poindexter originally. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do think there's still maybe some lingering angst over that. And, you know, at the end of the day, too, it's, you know, Richmond 1230 kickoff, just not the most exciting game in the world. Yeah, uh, I, you know, we could talk about attendance all day. I wasn't there. So what can I say?
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're in school. I mean, you're, you're doing stuff and you got a whole nother team to cheer for. I mean, it's tough to, tough yeah, to exactly. for two teams. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, you know, I, I think hopefully if we beat Illinois and the ODU game will come, I feel like ODU might be a better atmosphere, especially if we win against Illinois. I think if we lose to Illinois, you know, Illinois, The ODU game is gonna be maybe 35, maybe lower, depending on how many ODU fans come to see to see them try and beat both Virginia and Virginia Tech in the same season.
0: It's true. That was a fun game Friday night. That was
1: also great. Yeah, we could talk about that too if you want. We could end (laughs) with that. We'll end with something good. But let's go ahead and talk about the who's. We're gonna go ahead, we're gonna split it up by offense and defense. We're gonna talk about things we liked, things we didn't like, and maybe some stuff that we're looking to see. The team improve on next week so rob would you like to start with offense or defense let's do offense man keep it simple offense Offense. keep it simple this is this is the offense that we know and love just with a new offensive line and uh, not offense but the players are similar the offense has changed and coming out the offense was definitely more balanced we had around 250 passing yards and about 260 rushing yards. So a very balanced attack from this team, something that a lot of people actually kind of criticized last year in reflection just about how fast our offense moved at times last year. The defense didn't always have time to rest, get their legs under them. Rob, how would you feel about the new offensive scheme and, and the play calls that were made during the Richmond game?
0: Yeah, the play calls were about what I expected, honestly. Um, some outside zone, some play action off of that. Uh, but like you said, it was a balanced approach. Um, and you saw a commitment to the ground game. And I thought overall the offensive line did pretty well. Uh, you know, I wasn't so sure when I watched it originally on Saturday, but I went back and watched it yesterday again and was overall pretty impressed with the offensive line. I think for starting a true freshman and a redshirt freshman, you know, that. It's about as good, no, two redshirt freshmen, actually. uh, Ty Furnish, Logan Taylor. That's about as much as you can hope for. Mm -hmm. Um, The star of the day, though, was really Paris Jones. I think Paris Jones was incredibly impressive. For a small guy like him, you could see his shiftiness, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. But he also did a good job in pass protection. You know, one time he stuck his nose in there and chipped a defensive tackle. I think it was a play in the first quarter he did that. Um, and you saw him moving the pile as well. So for a small guy like him, he showed really, you know, really good stuff. Honestly, I think he was really the star of the day. If you ask me,
1: I, I totally agree. Paris Jones was really impressive. I I can really see why he's the number one back on the, on the roster right now. I mean, Mike Collins had some good runs and, you know, he scored that touchdown that he, he fumbled and then recovered in the end zone, but you know, Paris Jones just he consists as you said, moved the pile. That was the big thing. It's like the effort that he gave was something that we haven't seen always from Virginia running backs, especially the past couple of years, when they were mostly expected to be blockers. But he was, you know, looked the part of an every down back. He caught that touchdown pass too, which so showed his he's got, you know, he almost he bobbled a little bit, but he, he got it <laughs> under him. So Paris Jones was great. And you know, what, what a story as well coming off of a, uh, you know, started out as a, as a walk-on and now starting running back for Virginia. So really, really cool to see him shine. And I'm looking forward to see what he can do the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, me too. And again, we kind of have to remember he came to Virginia as a walk-on was a walk-on running back, but they actually moved him to defensive back last year. Cause they needed depth in the secondary. He played corner. So it's kind of crazy to think how far he's come. Uh, his stat line 19 carries for 104 yards. Uh, first UVA running back to rush for hundred yards in a game since Jordan Ellis in the Belk bowl, just kind of crazy 2018. Uh, also first game where UVA had two 100 yard rushers since Bryce Perkins first game at UVA in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, like we said, two catches, 14 yards and a touchdown for Paris Jones as well. So you could see the commitment to the run game. And, you know, i I, I personally liked last year's offense for sure, but you saw a little bit of the benefit uh, in the fourth quarter, especially of the balanced approach that UVA is taking this season. You know, Virginia kind of struggled in the third quarter, but in the fourth quarter, they got the ball back with like five minutes or so, and they were just able to ice the game, you know, Paris Jones. Xavier Brown, the freshman running back, looked really good. That dude can fly, um, yeah. so he looked really good uh, on that last drive. So you saw the benefits of the balance, and I think when Virginia does open up the passing game a bit more, uh, this offense will get even more dangerous.
1: Yeah, I need I need more Xavier Brown in my life. That kid really showed some heart in the last, you know, and it was it was almost like garbage time. Almost, you know, we were up 17 points and we had the ball and we were driving, but he really moved the pile and, and I was really impressed with what he was able to do with just kind of the limited carries that he got. You know, he had four carries and he had 25 yards off of them. So he made the most of his time. So I, I kind of expect to see him a little bit more, maybe in different situations, for this team. You know, and that's not to say Mike Collins is going to get pushed to the back. Mike Collins was doing a lot of other stuff too. You know, he's he's been there before. So I think he's, you know, pretty good in pass protection. And he does uh kick returns too. So uh he was pretty good on kick returns. And we'll talk about special teams later. But you know, Mike Collins definitely has a role on this team. But I think it'd be great to see Xavier Brown increase his role a little bit. I think, you know, he earned it from running over Richmond's backups.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Paris Jones and Mike Collins, we're talking about Xavier Brown, but really Paris Jones and Mike Collins carried the bulk of the load. Xavier Brown didn't get in there until the final drive. And I thought for the most part, you know, it was kind of interesting watching Virginia on offense because they really didn't sub all that much, you know, Noah Josie came in at guard for a couple series, but really they were playing six offensive linemen, and they sub the receivers in every once in a while. But for the most part, you know, it was the four main guys being Lidfeld Davis, Dontavian Wicks, uh, Keaton Thompson, and Billy Kemp. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just kind of interesting getting the feel for this offense. I think they will start to open it up next week and what's going to be a much tougher game against Illinois. But it was good to get a feel with how they want to call the games and, uh, you know, how they want to approach things philosophically. I think the biggest area to watch is going to be the offensive line, though. You know, they still don't have Jonathan Leach. Jonathan Leach did not play. Assume I would guess he's gonna start as soon as he comes back. Um, so he would probably replace Mikhail Boley, and I'm not sure if that'll shift up the rest of the line, like if they'll move one tackle over and put Jonathan Leach at right tackle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But like I said, I thought for the most part, I was pretty impressed with the offensive line. They certainly opened up holes um in the ground game and You know there was a few plays towards the end of the game, at least in the second half, where Brennan Armstrong was getting hit. Uh, But for the most part, I thought they played really as well as you could have expected them to.
1: Yeah, you know this is a FCS team, and you know they're they got smaller guys, not as athletic. You know, the real test will be next week when we go up to Champlain and see what the Fighting Illini can do with their power five recruiting and you know Illinois is not like a great team they're not known for their defensive tackles or their edge rushers or they're no SEC team but you know they'll give them a test and we'll I think we'll really see what they can do I agree with you I thought that they opened up some holes I think that Paris Jones really can thank the offensive linemen for creating holes that he could cut into and then burst up I think that Brennan he got hit a few times but Brennan's so shifty and quick that I really don't worry about him too much back there. Uh, he was able to escape from a couple different things over the game. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how they gel the rest of the year because I think that this group can be really good. Uh, we got some big, big boys on that line, and hopefully they can, you know, gel quickly.
0: I think they will too. And the benefit is that. There's two upperclassmen in Flores, the transfer, and Derek Devine, but there's also young guys there. Which you know we might be going through some growing pains now, similar how it was in uh, 2019 that mm-hmm. offense. But the hope is that you get these guys playing time now, and hopefully they stick around for a few years. So yep. uh, hopefully we're we're paying uh, paying our dues now to really take advantage of it in mm-hmm. a couple of years.
1: I agree. I totally agree. You know we haven't talked about the main man. Uh, Brennan Armstrong yet and how he played how did you feel Brennan felt in the new offense do you think he was comfortable do you think that you know there's some things he's still working on how'd you feel that he played in his first game under uh, the new offensive coordinator
0: I thought for the most part he played pretty well I'm sure he'd like to have that interception back but that mm-hmm. was also the period in the third quarter when uh, the offensive line was struggling a little bit But for the most part, you know, balls were placed pretty well. There were a couple of drops, which hurt his numbers. I remember Grant Nish had one. Lavelle Davis had one. There might have been one or two others. Um, But they really didn't ask him to do too much. You know, it was short to intermediate throws. I think there was one deep ball that we didn't connect on. Uh, But in the limited sample size we got, he looked comfortable. And it was good to see him out running again too. Cause you know, his running was such a big part of the offense in 2020 and last year, I think it would have been more a part uh, if he hadn't been hurt for most of the season, be it knee injury, rib injury, ankle injury. So to see him out there healthy, you know, you remember that he doesn't have Bryce Perkins speed, but he has some pretty decent speed for a guy his size. So that long yeah. touchdown run was fun to see. Uh, he escaped the pocket a few times on passes. So I thought for the most part, he looked pretty comfortable. Um, Just, you know, we knew his numbers weren't going to be that high with the new, more balanced offense, but I thought he executed it well and showed promise moving forward for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. You know, the bulk of his rushing yards came from that 64 yard touchdown, but he looked good otherwise too. Um, You know, his passing 21 to 33, you'd probably like to see that a little bit more accurate. Although there were a lot of drops from the receivers too, there were several drops, uh, just showing that they weren't exactly on the same page. And you know, he's been working with these receivers, a lot of them, for a couple of years now. But with a new scheme and new routes and everything, you know, it can take time to sometimes, I think, get you know, be in the exact correct spot. You could see him a couple of times. He actually chewed out Wicks after one one time where they miscommunicate because he wanted him. I, I'm assuming Wicks had an option. He really wanted him to go one way and Wicks decided to kind of sit. Um but I, I feel like Brennan will will get there with the offense. You know, he's a talented quarterback, and you can see it with some of the throws he made. The the one, the long touchdown to Lavelle in the first quarter was really a well thrown ball and you know set Lavelle a lot to, to just sprint into the end zone and make those two defenders run into each other. So I I'm feeling he'll be just fine. And, you know, I'm hoping he doesn't have to be our leading rusher again. And like, he kind of was every year last year or last, yeah, every week last year, but I hope that he can, um, you know, continue to skip the pocket and use his mobility for, for good.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the plan, right? Is they want to use his legs as an advantage that they hold, but that, to kind of be the secondary option yeah. and I, I thought Paris Jones looks good and I assume Mike Collins. I you know what we saw in Mike Collins was I think the consistency uh troubles that the staff has been talking about all offseason mm-hmm. uh but you know Ronnie Walker is practicing he didn't dress for the game but he could come back soon uh Cody Brown missed the game he was hurt but I think he's expected back next week so there's gonna be a lot of options in the ground game I've I liked how they used his legs this game, you know, and if Brennan Armstrong doesn't break that 64 yard ride, then we're probably talking about a 40, 50 yard stat line, which Mm -hmm. seems pretty reasonable. Uh, Yeah. So I was comfortable with the balance and I don't, I did not feel like they overused Brennan in the ground game by any stretch.
1: Yeah. Let's go to the wide receivers, the wide receivers, you know, pretty good. There's a few drops. Yeah. You know, Grant Mish had one, like kind of right over the middle, hit him right in the chest and he just dropped it. I know, I think Lavelle dropped one. I think Keaton dropped one too. But other than that, they looked pretty solid. You know, Lavelle Davis seemed like he's back, had a couple great catches. He had that really long one and um, averaged 22 yards over the course of the game for each catch, which is pretty on par for what he was his freshman year too. Uh, Dontavian only 47 yards on six catches, but a really consistent kind of receiver to, to keep your eye on. And, you know, Keaton had some big plays as well. What, what are you, what are you looking for in the receivers and and how do you think that they played over the course of the game?
0: Yeah. You know, drops aside, I thought they looked pretty good. Uh, for the most part, they were getting separation, which I liked. And there's just such a complement of talent in this receiver room too. You know, mm-hmm. Lavelle Davis is that big receiver on the outside. Dontavian Wicks is an outside receiver, but he's really fast as well. Billy Kemp is great in the slide. And then Keaton Thompson is primarily in the slot too, but he's a bigger receiver, you know, more like the Drake London uh, mold that was drafted so high this past year in the draft. So Mm -hmm. I just love the complement of talents they have. I think they will get better as the season goes on. And again, you know, it wasn't like this was a super complicated game plan they put together. There were really no deep shots. Everything was pretty short. Um, But I liked how comfortable was, uh, how comfortable Brennan Armstrong was with Dontavian Wicks. The first few pass attempts of the day went to Wicks. And honestly, if you go back and you watch that touchdown to Lavelle Davis, Brennan hit Lavelle Davis, obviously for the touchdown, but about five yards behind him, Dontavian Wicks was wide open too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's just so much talent in this room and I'm sure the coaches will probably lean on them more as the season goes on. Um, but I was really happy with how they looked yesterday. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think they looked great. You know, I was joking with my dad that Lavelle Davis is a great receiver, but he might be one of the worst blocking receivers I've ever seen (laughs) in my life. There's a couple of times, you know, when, especially when Brennan was scrambling in the pocket, Lavelle would try and block someone. They would just like go right under him. He's so tall and pretty skinny too. I think he's, he's definitely bigger than he was a couple of years ago, but yeah he, he's he's a skinny guy I was saying that he's like Calvin Johnson but 100 pounds lighter and that's kind of the same same size he's really fast too but doesn't have the bulk yet so hopefully you know they get him in the weight room this this year and then the off season. but he you know he looked great Keaton this that gadget player that that we love you know, I'm disappointed he's not listed at football player anymore. He is a <laughs> he's a wide receiver. And uh yeah. it's kind of interesting. I in my fantasy team I drafted um Taysom Hill from my Saints, and he is dual listed at quarterback tight end. So it's kind of the same thing, right? But he's a full on wide receiver, and you know, I wish I grant mish looked good but you know dropped that pass and he only had one catch wicks did have the fumble um i think i think it was honestly kind of unlucky because it got punched out from behind and it just popped right into the other receivers or the other defenders arms and he fell down i think if it that he wasn't there it would have gone out of bounds but you know it just it is what it is so besides that, and besides the couple of drops, I think that they looked pretty good. I'm just looking for more consistency with, with catching and, and, uh, being on the same page as, as Brennan next week.
0: Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. And, you know, to the point on Wicks, I think Wicks would benefit if, you know, the coach, this happened last year, a few times, and you remember the targeting call that happened against Louisville and he took mm-hmm. a lot of big hits over the middle too, which mm-hmm. for a guy, his size, you know, you hope they don't add up, but they could. So I am sure the staff will talk to Wicks. you know, you don't have to fight for every extra yard. I, I love it when it happens, but there's always risks when that comes to, Yeah, but it's just such a talented receiving room, man. Um, it's a shame Malachi Fields isn't out there too, yeah. but I'm really excited about this receiving group and, uh, yeah, like I said, I think they're going to air it out a bit more moving forward. So I, I'm excited for that.
1: Rob, I want to talk to you about the third quarter because the team had zero points in the third quarter. We had the back-to-back turnovers. within in the Richmond, uh, in the Richmond half of the field, and we look. I, I felt we looked slu- we looked sluggish. We looked like we were not on. They they weren't on the same page with the, with each other, and just overall seems like they didn't come out of halftime quite ready to go Uh do you think that had anything to do with the team we were playing or maybe they were just trying to I don't know slow it down or something what do you think happened in the third quarter and honestly the fourth quarter too you know we only scored six we scored we had that one touchdown in the fourth quarter but you know what what happened to the to the team at, at halftime
0: I wish I knew, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know for sure. Uh, I'm sure Richmond made some adjustments. Uh, they seem to be bringing a bit more pressure on Brennan Armstrong, which honestly is probably the right strategy against our young offensive line, um, at least until Virginia proves they can keep that ground game going against Power 5 opponents. Uh, but yeah, they just seemed a little rattled, which again, it's it's not a huge surprise. I think the fumble was bad luck as much as anything. I think the interception was you know it was definitely a pass that shouldn't have been thrown but Brendan Armstrong got hit pretty hard on that play too by a free rusher um so i don't know i mean was there anything you noticed in the stadium that might have made you think otherwise
1: i just felt it cuz i was there yeah i was there for those those who didn't know i was sitting with my parents and i just want to say i was sweating so much uh, we rob and i are on google meet right now i don't know if you can tell but my forehead's burnt my nose is burnt <laughs> my neck is burnt and my knees were sweating it was really hot in the stadium and so but but you could feel just kind of like they just seemed off and I, I i can't tell you what it was but they just seemed like they weren't quite mentally there which i think is you know something that a i'm not blaming elliot for this but i think as a first year head coach I think it's not always easy to like figure out your style, right? I think Elliott has a style, but you know, getting the players ready to go, especially against a team that you're really supposed to beat by a lot, I think is hard. It's probably one of the hardest things ever. That's why, you know, a lot of some teams lose these by games that they shouldn't lose is because the team's just trying to sleepwalk through it. I think that as Elliot is more experienced I'm hoping that this happens not at all or much less because I think that you, he'll he'll figure out what to do and and how to do it and all this stuff. And you know, he's got he's got experienced guys around him too, but you know, I'm looking I'm thinking Elliot is I'm not blaming Elliot for the sluggishness of the team. I'm just saying I think that it it also has to do with, you know, the whole student section was gone after, after yeah. at half to <laughs> they, yeah. they disappeared uh, so the energy of the stadium was gone it was hot it was 12 30 kickoff i think there's a lot of reasons why you know we looked like we did so but i think i think if elliot can find a way to like hype the team up a little bit and get them back into it i think that's a a great step then for this team
0: yeah. you know, like you said, new coaching staff, they're learning how to work together. This was really their dry run on that. Um, and Tony Elliott, to his credit, kind of admitted he made mistakes. He mm-hmm. said he wished he would have called a timeout on the play that Josh Ahern ended up with the interception that was called back for the substitution mm-hmm. infraction. So I think he's still feeling out things too. Um, so credit to him for admitting that. And I'm sure they'll improve in that aspect. But, you know, like you said, sometimes it's just hard to get fired up. For a game when it's that hot, when it's early yeah. season, when you know you should win, um, it happens. So nothing that's too concerning in my eyes. You know, we're still looking at a sample size of one game. Uh, but overall I was pretty pleased with the coaching performance.
1: Yeah, I, I thought so too. One good thing to see is that when we had the two uh the two many men on the field penalties, both of them in the same drive, they weren't back to back. They but it was in the same drive. Uh Elliot was pissed. He was running up and down the sideline. He was yelling at the, I don't know if he was yelling at the ref or if he was yelling <laughs> at the players, but he was yelling at people and it was good to see as much as I love Bronco, I love seeing some emotion from the coach. And I think that Elliot's an emotional guy. I'm looking forward to seeing some some happy emotion and some also frustrated angry emotion too because that that gets fans players going um, as much you know Bronco was just steady the whole time so like you knew what you were going to get but I think I I like seeing the emotion from Elliot during his frustration
0: yeah and you know that's actually something my parents told me because they were at the game as well just how big a difference is it it is between the two head coaches Bronco and mm-hmm. Elliott and not that one's any better than the other. You yeah. know, Mike London was a real emotional guy. and <laughs> That didn't necessarily work out for the best. Um, sure. But it is different. You know, Tony Elliott is just much more hands-on. Uh, and Bronco was more of, I'm going to sit back, and if I need to step in, I will. And, you know, one difference that came out, there was a great athletic article on Tony Elliott last week about how he was choosing between Duke and UVA for the head coaching job. And he was talking about, you know, he takes the UVA job and he had so many sleepless nights, you know, sleeping on his couch in the office, you know, implementing all his CEO duties. Uh, and that was something that, you know, Bronco said at his opening press conference, like, listen, I'm I'm not going to be sleeping in the office. My assistants mm-hmm. aren't going to be sleeping in the office. We're going to have a life outside of football. Uh, not to say Tony Elliott doesn't have a life outside of football, but it's, it's a different approach for sure. Um, I think there's a lot of the same. Organizational elements that carry over from the Bronco regime to the Tony Elliott regime. But, uh, you know, we always knew kind of we were in a little bit of a bubble in the Bronco world in the sense that not many coaching staffs approached the game the way that his did. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think this is kind of more of a traditional coaching staff, more of a traditional head coach. Again, neither's good or bad or better or worse, um, but just different. And I think we did see that to your point on Saturday.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm really, I really liked what Elliot and the staff did. I love that he kept Hagen's and 2J on the staff so that they can kind of help with the transition. And, you know, they kept a lot of the same stuff like really the game day experience didn't change that much. I wasn't in town in time for the Wahoo walk, but I saw some great pictures from there. And, but besides that, it was all the same, you know, uh, Sabre ran out with the with the new with the new Cav Cav man, Cav Lady. And you know, the the students were all there. They had the fourth side flag that was raised and besides yeah, so it was they played a lot of the same some same songs, but you Did know they played swag surfing They played it at the um they played at the end. Like after everyone had left. So like people were walking okay. out and they played it. So it was that was not I was also like, where do you when are you gonna play that during the Richmond game? Right? Yeah. Like the second <laughs> half was just miserable to watch. <laughs> like in the stands, there's like probably 10,000 people there. So yeah. they're not gonna play it. <laughs> they're not gonna play that. But yeah, but it, you know, besides that, nothing really changed. So it it honestly seems like a secession plan almost from Bronco to Elliott, which I know is not the case, but and I I think. I don't know if they worked together, but I think they have a very similar, like you're saying, mentality about how to run a football team and just kind of the the, the values of that. Um, but they do it in very different ways. So but yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to see how he I'm I want to watch him on TV next week against Illinois. I'm excited to see what he reacts and, and how that how that goes.
0: Yeah, same. And, you know, they did work together a little bit. Uh, when Tony Elliott was hired, there was still about a week and a half, two weeks before Virginia was supposed to play in the bowl game. Yeah. Um, so Bronco did carve out it was something like an hour and a half or two hours every day to talk with Tony Elliott through that transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I, we kind of went off on a sidetrack here, but I, I think the way you said it is great. You know, a lot of the same core principles and designs in the program, uh, just kind of presented in different ways and hey we got orange pants too i i didn't personally love the orange pants but that was new
1: i thought it looked good i like the white helmet with orange and orange i thought it looked good i really did i don't know yeah yeah, because you know if you're watching on espn3 or on some stream you know it's might look not look great but i think in person it looks pretty clean so i i really enjoyed it i know a lot of people did not but i'm here for the orange orange. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right well with yeah. that i know we we kind of like i said got on the sidetrack here but uh you want to talk about the defense real quick
1: let's do it let's talk about defense so defense held richmond to 17 points gave up you know about uh 330 yards or so but you know it was there were some good things and definitely some things that we didn't quite expect from this defense so rob Let's talk about one good thing that you saw from this defense. What, what was the thing that you were like, yes, this defense, you know, we have hope.
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash impact. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the secondary played pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Richmond really didn't force the ball downfield at all, um, which maybe it was because they didn't plan to. Maybe it was because the Virginia secondary was playing well. Um, But I felt felt for the most part, the secondary looked good. You know, Anthony Johnson and Charles Cypress at corner, uh, for the most part, really locked down their halves of the field. Uh, The secondary or the safeties that is look pretty good. You know, Darius Braddon got in there on a half sack on like the first or second drive of the game. Mm -hmm. He looked pretty physical when he was asked to play in the box, which is a good sign. And Jonas Sankar, you know, the sophomore safety, he really laid some big hits a few times as well. So I think you saw a bit of the depth in the secondary. I think you saw um, some talent as well. Guys that, you know, we hadn't really seen much of before, you know, Darius Braddon has been around for a long time, but, you know, hadn't really seen the field nearly as much as he played on Saturday. Um, you know, Jonas Sankar played a little bit last year, but uh, really hadn't seen that much action either. So it was good to see all the guys come together. So I think for the most part, you have to be pleased with the secondary. Was there anything that stood out to you?
1: Well, you know, uh, Nick Jackson, you know, with 14 tackles, just kind of the same old stuff, pretty pretty straightforward with him i agree i thought i thought the secondary played great i thought antonio antonio clary played pretty good too you know for his increased role this season and yeah i I think i agree with what you said you know secondary looked pretty decent uh the whole game and you know i've heard and i i want your take on this because you probably know better than me but radinsky the the defensive coordinator comes from navy and air i'm sorry air force one of the one of the academies (laughs) and but his his idea of defense is like a bend don't break prevent the long big plays and we really accomplished that on on saturday you know their biggest pass was was um uh 17 yards longest rush was 20 yards so not great but you know there was only a couple of those plays that where they really got a big chunk of yards at once and 20 is not so bad considering how many big plays our defense gave up last year so i think with rudinsky and his play calling i think that you know uh they achieved what they were looking for in that they didn't give up the big bomb plays that we saw a lot last year with our pretty awful defense last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. The, the one downside I would say of uh, Saturday was there were some longer runs that he didn't like Mm -hmm. to see, especially early in the game, you know, and they were mostly up the middle. So was it the linebackers, you know, Josh Ahern had to sit out for the first half of the game was, that a difference or, mm-hmm. you know, was the defensive line just, you know, still adjusting to the new scheme, you know, tough to say without really diving into the film. Um, that was probably my biggest area of concern on the defense is just their ability to play against the run. Now I will say credit where credit is due. They came up with a big stop, but it was either in the third or fourth quarter, um, but on a third and short and a fourth and short. Mm-hmm. And Jameer Carter was in there. So was Aaron Famui. Um, the fourth down in goal play, you know, Jack camper really crashed the line and Josh Ahern got the tackle. So they it up by the end of the game, which was good to see. Um, but that's one thing on my next week against Illinois, Illinois, you know, Brett Bielma, strong rushing attack. They want that to be a focus. They're running back. Chase Brown had 36 carries for 199 yards uh, against Indiana on Saturday. So, you know, really looking to see how that, defensive line holds up against the run next week that's the biggest thing i'm looking at
1: yeah and you know as you said it perfectly is that the the big they weren't they were long like you can consider like a 10 yard run long and they had several of those they weren't they weren't game-breaking plays but they were it was enough to be like man i really thought that our defensive line could stop a richmond the richmond running back Right. And they had a couple couple backs who each had, you know, 75 or so yards. You know, one uh, Savon Smith had 88 and Aaron Dykes had 76 and they averaged as a team about five yards carry 4.9 yards a carry. So, you know, a little disappointing that the defense, especially the front seven or, you know, however many they're putting in the box, couldn't contain the rush especially as you said up the middle. Uh, there was several times where the running back would just pop right through the middle and it looked like there wasn't anyone there to to get them. And I don't know if that's something about the scheme that you know we just need to work on and be in the right position is it positioning or is it a talent speed kind of thing? Because I'm afraid that I'm afraid it's a little bit of both.
0: Um, yeah. It probably is. You know, like everything, there's probably a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, The one thing I did want to say, though, is on pass rushing downs, I thought Ben Smiley looked really good. You know, Mm -hmm. he's playing those defensive tackle spots, and they rotated a decent amount, but for when it was a rundown, they pretty much had Jameer Carter and Aaron Fumui in there. So looking for them to get better there, and I'm sure they will. Um, But I think Ben Smiley really showed a lot to me with his pass rushing ability and he never got home on a sack, but there were several times where he forced the quarterback outside the pocket. Um, yeah. so I think there is talent there. It's just putting it all together. And I do think I was pleased with the scheme overall. You know, we really didn't bring much pressure on Saturday, you know, can't tell you what coverages we were running on TV, but everything looked pretty vanilla. Um, so I think the defense probably just ran a pretty simple scheme, didn't want to show too much. And, uh, for the most part, got the job done. Um, I would expect there to be some changes next week as far as bringing more pressure and more exotic looks. I think, but I think having Josh Ahern for the full game next week and you know just everyone getting comfortable, game under their belts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there will be improvement. But the matchup next week, like I said, is going to be Illinois run game versus Virginia rushing defense.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know as you were saying, and this is a little. Preview, but Chase Brown is their star star player, as you said, 199 yards, averaged five and a half yards per carry, no touchdowns, but he had 36 rushes, which is he had more rushes than their than they uh, than their quarterback had passes. Devito, their their quarterback, so you know he he's good, and if he's gonna rush, if he can rush up the middle, that's bad. But also, I watched a little bit of the game against Wyoming. And I know Wyoming's terrible and they kind of won, they crushed that game, but he had a lot of things where he was going on the outside too, which we also struggled with a little bit against Richmond is is getting is getting to the outside and cutting off rushing lanes on the outside. So if we can stop Chase Brown, I feel really good about this game next week. However, you know, we had trouble stopping. Richmond so I'm there I'm a little nervous about what Chase Brown is going to do to us I think our secondary will be fine DeVito it doesn't I mean he's he's a fine quarterback he's pretty pretty accurate but nothing special you know his average throw was 6.7 yards with a long pass of 22 um and he threw for two 35 in a game that you know was pretty low scoring 20 to 23 against indiana i think that i think that if we can stop chase brown we will be just fine that's that's yeah
0: my hope. and as i would imagine some of our listeners know tommy devito was a former syracuse quarterback mm-hmm. syracuse actually looked pretty good on saturday dr bob uh-huh. you know they they whipped up on louisville wasn't quite expecting that Yeah, that's Uh, fun. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm curious to see how they do this year. But yeah, I think it'll be an interesting game. Um, You know, haven't seen enough from UVA or Illinois to kind of change my preseason prediction at all. Uh, But I think it'll be a great game. I think it'll probably come down to the wire. I know Brett Bielma had his press conference today and was talking about how different UVA looks on defense compared to last year. Remember, UVA actually kind of shut out Illinois last year. They held them to 14 Mm -hmm. points. Um, So it's going to be fun to watch, man. You know, another stat I saw, UVA is a small sample size, but UVA has not won a road non-conference game since 2011. Wow. So I'm excited for Saturday. I think it'll be a good time. A lot of orange and blue for sure.
1: Was that... What about what about the Boise game, Boise State?
0: Okay, you're right. The stat I saw was probably wrong. Then wrong,
1: yeah, because Boise State was <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're absolutely 14 right, or 15 because we were in school when that happened.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I needed to fact check that.
1: Who? So yeah, <laughs> where'd you see that stat?
0: <laughs> Twitter, man, everything's right on Twitter. Twitter.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we. Uh, I mean, we beat Boise State because that was a huge win. We like. Destroyed them. Yeah, no, that that was was like
0: the first big Bronco win, probably.
1: Yeah, and that was the year after they really destroyed us in Scott Stadium. It was that was on a Friday night, ESPN, and we lost by like fifty. Mike London had
0: the terrible like speech, like "Who do you play for?" in the camera, and then first play of the game was a pick six. It was yeah, yeah,
1: tough, tough times. Go who? All right, so
0: I'll fact check. That's the takeaway.
1: (laughs) Fact check. Um, but yeah, besides that, you know, I think next week should be competitive. You know, Illinois is a kind of mid tier big 10, maybe lower mid tier big 10 school, Virginia, same kind of thing. You know, we're fighting for bowl eligibility at this point. Uh, that's kind of where we've been sitting the last couple of years, ever since, uh, the orange bowl game, the orange bowl season. So, You know, I'm looking to see, one, if we can stop Chase Brown, the Illinois running back, and two, will Bryce Perkin pass more? Uh, Just look at the box score from Illinois and their loss to Indiana. And The Indiana quarterback threw 52 passes in that game, which is a lot. It's kind of like what, what Brennan was doing last year. So there might be some more room in the secondary against Illinois, we could rush a lot too. You know, Indiana, I don't know how good their rushing team is, but they had 26 rushes for 32 yards, which is really bad. And so can we rush better than that? Can we control the the, the tempo of the game on offense? And can our defense get a stop? That's kind of what I'm looking for next week. What What is one thing you're looking for next week, Rob, uh, either side of the ball, offense or defense?
0: I mean, defense is easily the how the rushing defense holds up against mm-hmm. an Illinois team that's going to want to run the ball. Offensively, I'm looking to see if we take more shots. Um, like I said, I do feel like we were probably intentionally a little bit conservative against Richmond. Mm-hmm. You know, the run game is probably similar to what we'll see, but really didn't force the issue passing the ball. Uh, so I don't know if that was a product of them being conservative or feeling that they needed to be that way with such a new offensive line. So I'm really curious to see, you know, does the passing game open up a bit more? Um yeah. and you know, they're not going to look like the passing game of last year. It's going to be schemed differently, but whether or not we can see a bit more of that explosive playability that we saw last year.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Sounds great. Um rob any other stuff you want to talk about? Any any other kinds of, you know, you know, we didn't talk about special teams either. You want to talk about special teams?
0: Special teams, real <laughs> quick, man. Mike Collins on kick return. He looked fine. Uh, yeah. The punning game actually looked pretty good. I was mm-hmm. impressed with the Dontavian Wicks when he pinned the ball down. Uh, yep. So deep. The punter looked good. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it it's Sparks? Right, Daniel Sparks. Sparks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brendan Farrell didn't a- attempt to kick, although he did miss his. He didn't miss his first extra point. He didn't miss an extra point last year. Yeah, I don't know. You know, obviously it would take the extra point, but otherwise, I thought it was just fine. Showing. What do you w- think?
1: Was it blocked or did he just miss it? I don't remember. Or like bad snap. Because I didn't see it either. Because I wasn't, I wasn't looking. Um, I'll be honest. I was, I was like, okay, time to, <laughs> <laughs> time to. We're about to ready to go. But yeah, I didn't see it. So besides that, I thought the special teams looked really solid. Looks really solid so i am i'm actually going to change my position rankings i'm putting special teams five after their abysmal performance i'm putting the defensive line in the others category
0: yeah defensive line might have to come a notch down for me yeah i had them rank third yeah hey well we'll see man still an early season sample size but yeah i think for the most part you take what you got on saturday and uh Look for uh, a bit more complete or uh, diverse, versatile, however you want to say it. Um, look for a little bit more against Illinois.
1: I agree. I totally agree. Uh, Rob, any any shout-outs to, to give?
0: Not really, man. I mean, we gave the shout-out to Paris Jones. I think mm-hmm. defensively, Josh Ahern looked pretty good. Um, you know, I was pleased when he came in, and it seems like he's really seized that second linebacker spot. I know the coaches yeah. are really high on James Jackson. I think you got to feel good about depth with Hunter Stewart and uh, Deshaun Perry, but it really did look like uh, Josh Ahern has taken that weak sideline backer spot beside Nick
1: Jackson. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll say one more thing Lavelle Davis, really great to see him uh, back in full form. You know, ACL tear, and then he had the. During COVID, and they had the whole year off last year. Uh, always tough to come back from that kind of stuff, but he looks great. And you know, the PA announcer even said, you know, like after he such was like, welcome back, Lavelle Davis, yeah. and stuff. So it was, it was really cool to see him thrive in that, and and, um, and and play really well. So I'm I'm really excited. I feel great about my like. I'm excited to see this player again <laughs> from earlier that we talked about. But yeah, great, great to see them. Also, uh, both uh, I think both soccer teams beat JMU this past weekend. oh uh, awesome. just just the men's women beat Memphis. Yeah, we're doing great. We're good at soccer again, which is great. And the
0: UVA men's team is playing Maryland as we speak at Audi Field.
1: Oh, it's today.
0: Yes, right now. Oh, wow.
1: I don't know. I I can't find the score right now but it's okay. Maryland is
0: up one, nothing after a goal on the 21st minute. So who's yeah, come back?
1: I think, I think the men's team is not as good this year as they usually are, but I think the women's team is really good. So, you know, hopefully they, hopefully they do that. Oh, one other thing, uh, Dre and Ty were at the game on Saturday. So was Jelani woods. So was Heath Miller. Uh, a lot of, a lot of famous people. Uh, Oh, um, Who else? One, one other guy. Um, Former cornerback. uh, Shoot, Nick Grant. I thought I saw Nick Grant there. No, no. Played for the Vikings. Um, Oh, Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris. Yeah, Ant Harris was there too. Yeah, he was uh, honored for his kind of off off field stuff. So, so cool. uh, Really cool to see all those all those people back. Jelani Woods standing next to Heath Miller made Heath look really small. (laughs) <laughs> I know he's been out of the league for a couple of years, but Jelani is massive.
0: He's a freak, man, in the best yeah. of ways.
1: And he made the uh, Baltimore roster, right? Uh, Jelani Woods? Yeah.
0: He's on the uh, Colts, but yeah.
1: Oh, I thought he was on Baltimore. I don't know why I thought that. But he made the Colts roster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, he's a third round pick, man. So he's gonna play this year, which would be Great. fun to
1: see. I'm excited. Yeah. tight well, Titan U is back. <laughs> That's U. right. Yeah. All right. I think with that, we're pretty much done with today. Thanks for t- tuning in. This is the Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. You can go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Snapchat for all that bonus content at Guys and Ties Pod. You can also go ahead and follow us on Spotify or Apple. Uh, iTunes if you want to keep listening to us. And we will see y'all next time. Go who's beat Illinois.
0: Go who's.